show was produced by Business Radio X, and I am Mark Galvin, your host. We are coming to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, and we are thrilled that all of you are with us today. Here's the deal. At this show, we sit down and we talk about how to help you do something a little better in business. And we cover all the topics really related in that marketing lane. If this is the first time you've joined us, you should go check out our YouTube channel. We have things on that channel regarding SEO, website development, how do you communicate your message better even, how can you motivate yourself as a leader. All of those topics are sitting out there on our YouTube channel. We'd love for you to go check that out. We would love for you to also to hit subscribe. So hit that subscribe button there on your screen. That way you get to find out when we go live and you can interact directly with our guests. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to get into fractional sales leadership. And what does that mean? We're going to talk about technology and selling. It sounds like our guest spent all last night working on technology and selling, so we'll hear a little about that. We also want to hear about what makes a great sales manager. Our guest today is T. Colley with Vantage Sales Partners. So let me tell you a little bit about T. He comes to us with 20 years of experience of building leaders and sales organizations to, most important thing here, outperform expectations. He has worked with direct sales and, and helping business development and account management. And he's done this with startups and small businesses all the way to Fortune 50 companies. And that is not a typo. There's not a, there's not a zero behind that five zero Fortune 50 companies. He's built national sales organizations to increase monthly subscribers from 700,000 to 2 million. And I need to rephrase it. He built a national sales organization and drove those numbers, 700,000 to 2 million, and grew revenues, annual revenues from 44 million to 143 million. This is a guy who knows what the heck he's doing. Um, so let's see, if you would like to interact with our guest today, when I bring him on, look for that comment, uh, that little box there on your screen. You can plug a comment right in on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, and we'll serve those questions up to T. So you can take over the interview. I love it when we get lots of questions where you guys take over the interview, and I, it just makes my life a little easier. All right, I think, let's see, uh, I think that's it. Let's see if we can find T. Is he in the studio? T, where are you? Hey, Mark, right on time, right? <laughs> Good afternoon, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. You told me you were up until the wee hours last night working on a project with a client. What were you doing? We were implementing a new CRM for the client, so they were uh, using an industry uh, customization piece of software that really they just weren't aware of what was out there in the marketplace. So My they, gosh. Uh, they brought us in, we brought a fresh perspective, and they loved what we offered. Well, that is sweet because I think that's a really impressive thing here because most people are not going to work that hard, frankly. So you're willing to stay up all night long to work with a client. That's impressive. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm impressed by that. Well done. Thanks very much. I, I, I consider us partners, uh, we don't have customers. So, uh, that's cool. I mean, it's all about the client. Bravo. I, I, I'm just really impressed with that. All right. 
why is your name T? So the the producer of our show, Mike, was looking at looking over your name, and he said, "You got to ask him how he came up with that name." So we'll, give us the, the big story. How did how, why T and not Thomas? Correct. Okay. Correct. Thomas M. Colley the Third was be the. Uh, that's the very that's very sophisticated. Very very yes. Um, no, I, I got T. I did a radio show uh, in Atlanta last year. Okay. And uh, the the head of the studio just couldn't stand me i came in i did nothing but cause trouble <laughs> for every single thing i did yeah and so he just finally he nicknamed me trouble mm. so mike heads up he's trouble t for trouble yeah i like it no hey. all joking aside uh i'm a third so to keep me apart from my father and my grandfather okay is he that so since birth. that's not very exciting no i like yeah. the first story better that is mike, a I, yeah. but and you came on you came up with it right off the cuff um you also have an interesting hobby, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, something has to do with some musical instruments. Yeah, we, we do. Uh, one of the ways to get rid of the, uh, the work stress would be to uh, be a full-time musician on the weekends. On the weekends. On the weekends, yes. Okay. Now, I do have to admit, when you said you were up until 2.40 last night, <laughs> I thought it was a gig. I thought all oh, this guy was out singing uh, last night. No, too much responsibility in my family for uh, for doing that stuff Monday through Friday. So does it mean that you don't make a lot of money singing? What One may equate that to my ability to sing would not <laughs> be worth as much as I think it is. So, um, but no, of course not. So that's, it's a fun hobby. And that's you, cool. I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to do it and that people every now and then give me a little bit of pocket change. Well, I think that's awesome. Uh, I'm a, uh, I am a professional music listener. Um, I certainly love great music and, uh, pass it on to my daughter. As a matter of fact, she's up in New York, this literally t- right now watching was watching uh went to see a billy Go- billy joel concert in uh, madison square gardens and you know because he's old did you know that billy uh, he, joel is not young he's older than he used to be yeah. yes he, th- i like that that's very well put well said and she's 19 and, and thinks he's great so um um that has something to do with parentage i have a, <laughs> I have a feeling well listen let's talk about sales let's get into the world of of fractional sales what does a fractional sales leader do and how does that impact people? Well, I think the uh, thanks for the question mark. I think there, yeah, there are four instances or four key times where a fractional sales leader is going to come into an organization. And I think uh, in no particular order, uh, one is just to offer a fresh perspective. So a lot of a lot of times we're going to have a situation where a business owner is just good at what they're doing and they are just focused on what they're doing and they may not be aware of what else is out there in the world and right. which is a case of our one of our clients bringing in the new crm so we were able to cut their price in half and i'd say 10 times their functionality of what they had they weren't even aware of what the products could do so that's one the other one would be when there is an acquisition be it via private equity other means uh usually when a company is acquired they oftentimes are going to have a change in senior leadership and when that occurs it could be because they're heading in a new direction, or it could be because of performance reasons. But either either case, when they remove that senior leadership, they're going to be looking for permanent replacements. And that can right. take anywhere from three to nine months. And so during that time, you're going to need somebody to run the sales organization. So an interim sales leader would come in during that time to run the hmm. organization. Second time would be, uh, second instance would be, or rather the third instance would be. <laughs> it's all right. He was open up until, until 2.40 last night. Um, <laughs> maybe a little bit later. So, uh, and up, back up at six to get to the client. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
The third instance would be uh, when a head of sales or chief revenue officer decides to leave the company uh, for whatever reason, be to okay. take another opportunity. Again, you're going to be faced with that time period of finding a permanent replacement that could take anywhere from three to nine months on average. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Right? Time because you want to get a good cultural fit. You want a good person. Uh, so that interim sales leader can come in during that time period. Perhaps uh, most recently, the, the biggest uh, boom in our business is small to medium-sized businesses where uh, owners are trying to self-manage their, uh, their salespeople. And yeah. maybe you shouldn't be, right? Because they're, right. they're not focused on what got them to the point that they are. And so I, we'll bring in. So as a small business owner myself, I think that one thing, the la- you, you held the last, uh, the most important one to, to the last. And I was not up until 2.40, but you think <laughs> I am. Um, but I, I think it's a really great point. As a, a small business owner, is uh, some of them are really good at sales. Let's be honest. Some of them, they start off because they're good salespeople. And you grow your business. Yeah, and they, can, and they get somebody else to do the ops, right? But you got a lot of ops people. Who don't have, who are just not good salespeople. Now they get sales; they want to be involved in sales, which they should. But having a sales leader come in and do it for them on a fractional basis is, I think, a, a brilliant idea. All right, that is really cool. You, you have something. Yeah, I was to just going to say, yeah. I think there's a huge difference. My brother is uh, has started a very successful business down in Florida. He basically sold all the customers himself, starting off. Yep. But his ability to sell is not the same. It's been- and he doesn't have a skill set for leading salespeople or managing salespeople. Oh, so he's a good salesperson himself, but he doesn't really know how to do it. Well, if you how think, to drive people. If you think about it, you and I can use Excel pretty well, right? And we, yeah. we probably you know, could even do our taxes at the end of the year on an individual basis. Right, right. We can dabble and learn about you know accounting software. I could. But are we going to know as much about the code, the tax code, and accounting as somebody's put 25 years into right, it. Right, right. No, so we're going to we're gonna miss a lot of opportunities and you can probably take spend that one, a lot of money. Yeah, right. you can take that one step further. So someone who may be very good at doing taxes for the last 25 years, all that is important, but they also are current on the taxes because it's exactly. constantly changing, and I'm not going to be current. Right. So that's, that's just a, a great example of when you bring in a fractional sales leader to somebody, to a business owner that's very successful, that has sold the business themselves. A lot of those people run through salespeople like, you know, pretty fast. Or yeah, they put yeah. up with D or C sales, you know, players. If we're ranking salespeople A, B, C, D in terms right, of revenue, right. they may put up with their C or D players a little bit longer than they need to. Oh, oh so we you, you come in and fire people. I come in to help the <laughs> business owner. <laughs> I'm getting a lot sort of productivity. Of. <laughs> All right, this is really cool. So, folks, um, we are sitting down with uh, T. Colley. He is a fractional sales leader. If you would like to ask a question of uh, of him, just slap it right there into the chat bar. I've I'm I am laser focused on any of those questions that you may post, uh, and I'll be happy to throw them over at T. All right. So, let's. I think that there's. Um, I, I think sales evolves. I, I'm just in my gut. I feel like w- the way I used to sell 20 years ago is different today. Um, has it changed? And if so, how? I think I think we're living in today and we see technology moving so fast. We think a lot of sales has changed today, but sales has always evolved. 
I think, through the Ooh, years. Interesting. So be it you know, from the 20s to the 30s, the 30s to the 40s, the 40s to the 50s, I think that sales is, is constantly evolving because the way people purchase is constantly evolving and products in the marketplace are constantly improving and, and revolving. Right. And so how you... How you solve problems for customers evolves as well. And the email change sales, right? Um, there are so many salespeople that today that just they email their clients. They never call them. Is that a good tactic or a bad tactic? And if so, why? I think that um, email is one tool that is used in the sales process. Okay. Right, and so it's just like any other any other tool that a. a professional may have if you've got a carpenter he has a tool belt right and he's going to pull out the right tool at the right time okay okay so i would look at email as a tool now email itself has changed dramatically in the last five years right with automation and things of that nature right and the marketing funnels and the sales funnels are merging a little bit marketing and sales are merging a little bit I, i'm a little, a little offshoot from the technology piece here and how ch sales has changed I, I am constantly amazed, impressed with how automation is affecting professional B two B salespeople. We try and, we tend to define think of, automation. What do you mean? So we tend to think of uh, automation or email automation purely with um, a lot of marketing, okay, right? Or, or smaller businesses where they're selling to consumers and they're going to sign up for an email list and and you're going to receive automated emails. Right. But when you take that into an enterprise world or, or B2B world, I look at automation completely different. Okay. And that is how can I free up a professional level salesperson's time so they can focus on the task of taking care of customers and bringing in customers rather than doing mundane administrative tasks. So I have a question. Maybe it's right. an example. Maybe it's not. Um, it used to be that let's go 15 years ago, maybe maybe longer, I don't know, where you'd walk into a salesperson and you would say, you need to you need to make 50 calls a day. Right. Do you replace some of that automation? Can some of that take place of 50 calls a day? And maybe it's 500, 500 emails or automated somethings a day. So I would, I would look at the calls just like I would look at the email. It's just one tool and a tool belt. Oh, right? so you wouldn't say one can replace the other. So I, I, yes, and I, I, you never want to be focused on one. So I think that activity is huge, right? right. And you need to be focused on activity and moving and moving deals through the pipeline and moving opportunities through the pipeline. Right. Let, me, let me give an example of what we're talking about, or just one small example. If we're at a networking event and you're as a salesperson or, or meeting people and you, and you meet five people, traditionally what would you do after that networking meeting? So, oh, you're challenging me. Um, all right. So what I should do is I, I hopefully collected their information mm -hmm. and I need to reach out to them in some way really, really fast right. if they seemed interested in my product. Right. So you're going to maybe come back home that night or later that day or the next morning and sit down and craft an email for each individual. You know, the only reason why I would not do it that night is if I had two bourbons instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to wait till the next morning. But anyway, yeah, so immediately we're going to send them Especially if they're barrel-proof, right? <laughs> That's right. So technology, here's how it can help us out. So from a, techno from a technology in a B2B sales world, if I have the correct tool in my organization and I've already created a great-to-meet-you email, yep. 
right? Good. That when I'm out at that networking event, while you're collecting a business card, I'm going to pull up my telephone and enter information into my telephone. Got it. Without me lifting another finger. It at sends whatever the, time I uh, I, yeah, I recommend. Yeah, this is cool. That individual is now going to receive an email from me specific with their name and their company name. Sure. Maybe where we met. Mm-hmm. And that's going to go out without me doing anything except hitting the send button when I enter that contact into my telephone. At the same time, that individual is now is going to be put into my CRM in a pipeline stage or in a lead stage where I want it to be. And it's going to trigger an activity for me two days later that says, hey, follow up and call the person that you sent the email to. Yep, yep. And you met at the networking event. No, so that's all cool. that happens behind the scenes without me lifting a finger, whereas traditionally I would go back and do that for an hour and a half. Or what a time it would take me to do that. So you, so basically, what you're telling me is enjoy your bourbon because it's already it's being done. Exactly. So <laughs> it's going to just allow me to spend my time on income producing activities, whether than rather than administrative activities. So that is a really valuable tool to make sure that you're doing the follow up, but you're not um, you're not missing the opportunity to make sure that door stays open while I could be making a call to a person who says, Hey, give me a call. I need to work on this contract. Exactly. Exactly. And the, and the other thing is I'm not from a B2B professional salesperson point of view, I'm not spamming anybody. I'm not going to send them a hundred thousand emails when they don't want it. And they're yep. trying to figure out how to unsubscribe, unsubscribe, but I'm just utilizing technology to do things that I would do normally as a professional level salesperson. I think it's fantastic. Oh, I love that. All right. So, um, what is the one thing it's going to be, I, I'm really challenging you. So I'm going to ask for the one thing. What is the one thing that young salespeople seem to get wrong today? When you sit down with a group of sales, you know, new sales team, and I do say young and I mean younger folks because they, they do look at technology as let me let the technology do all the heavy lifting. What do you think that, uh, what is the one piece of advice you give to young salespeople? Out of this the is actually great. I was talking to my brother um, last week about this exact same topic. And in his business, he had just hired a young, a young uh, professional, um, actually in marketing, not in sales. So okay. it's a great analogy, though. And we're talking about the exact same thing. And the gentleman was so excited. He was coming in and bringing this, this technology to my brother and said, hey, if we purchase this, then it'll do every single thing for us. And it was a great piece of software. And so he was showing my brother, and he's like, yes, and he was showing him all that could do. But at the end of the day, this young professional um, who is eager and wonderful and is going to be a great employee for my brother just was, is still in the learning stage, and he hadn't had any experience. He expected the technology to do the work for them completely. Right. So my, brother's, my brother at the end of the day was like, you know, at some point in time, you're going to have to do work. Right. And so while it can help us, it cannot replace us. Right. So I don't right. think that sales professionals, B2B sales professionals um, are going to be replaced by technology. Can we utilize technology to improve what we can do and how much we can do? Certainly. Yeah, that makes total sense. I remember in my um, sales leadership days, I had a little bit of that in my background. Um, I had a I had a salesperson come in and say, we, Mark, will you read this email? And they, and, and they had printed it for me. And so I'm reading this email and they're having an argument with the client. And I said, stop, pick up the phone and call. Oh no, I am not doing it. I mean, no joke. They refused to pick up the phone and call 
the client because in it, in it there's a certain amount of agita that goes with it. I mean, it's hard, uh, right. but having a phone call is a much better way to solve an argument than over email. Uh, definitely. And if we could go back to uh, the question we were talking about just a second ago about how has sales no, changed. No, we can't go backwards. We, we well, only go forwards here. <laughs> Please, please. Then, I'm not a camera I'm here. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I have uh, oops on my face. Breaking all the rules all the time. You know, no wonder you're called T. <laughs> Trouble. Remember? So yeah. So did I t- did I lose your train of no, thought? No, okay. Not at all. Not at all. So we were just talking about uh, the other question you asked initially was, you know, has sales changed? Yeah. And one of the ways, in addition to technology, has changed is, you know, back in the day, I think your father was a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, um, back in the day professional salespeople would deal with a buyer or an owner, right? And right. it would be a one-to-one transaction for the most part. Exactly. Not today. You know, for, for lots of different, depending on the size of the product, right, and the, and the price tag of the product, but even for lower-priced um, products and services, technology has changed that the buyers, of course, are a lot more intelligent, right, about what they're getting ready to buy, but there is so much information out in the marketplace that they're confused, Right. So right. one, they're going to need the help of a, of, a, of a professional salesperson. But at the same time, products are, are going across departments and across channels and impacting a lot more of the business. And so therefore, you're going to have other people from the business wanting to be a part of mm. that procedure sure. because it's going to affect their department or their business. So the customers are going to have multiple people in a meeting. Therefore, the salespeople are going to have additional invitees in the meeting they're going to have customer experience in the meeting they're going to have go-to-market people in the meeting they're going to have finance people in the meeting to make sure that they're customizing the product as it needs to be so instead of your father talking to a buyer back in the day now we have a team of customers talking to a team of people trying to solve a problem right right and so the bigger the relationships or the stronger or the more relationships that are created the stronger the opportunity to close a deal of course so right. it's not just one relationship, it's many relationships. Exactly. So never a salesperson, not just a salesperson now, they are a little bit of a politician, yeah. a little bit of a quarterback, right? an account manager. So sales is continuing to evolve with what the needs in the marketplace are. Uh, that's really cool. That's really cool. All right, folks. So we are sitting with T. Collie. He is with officially the Vantage Sales Partners, and he is a sales leader. He's actually a fractional sales leader. And if you have a question that you would like to ask him, you can pop it right there into your chat box, and we would be thrilled to throw it at him. All right. So what makes a great sales manager or a salesperson? Uh, you know, most people I charge for this answer. Oh, well, you Mark. could charge me. I just won't pay you. <laughs> uh, so let's, you know, I thought about this uh, this morning. I was going to say last night, but we'll say this morning. Um, I'm, I'm going to ramble off a couple of, of words that I think most people would say that makes a great salesperson. But mm-hmm. these would be admittance to the playing field for me. And that would be integrity, uh, equity positive curiosity um caring about their people being passionate about their company they're passionate about their customers passionate about the products and services um and their willingness to fight for what is right right to me that's just all admittance to the playing field as a sales leader okay so what what makes a great sales manager uh, i really think is the ability to have difficult conversations Mm -hmm. right and that is to create 
and to do it, it's a fine line, but to create a slight bit of, of I'm going to create maybe a word here, uncomfortableness on the part of the sales professional. Okay. Right? Yeah. And the reason you want to do that, um, and maybe that little uncomfortableness between you and the salesperson, right? But you want to make that, you want to bring that sales professional to be in a mode of uncomfortability because you want them to be able to reach outside what they think they can do. And I don't know about you, but whenever I've experienced growth, it hasn't been a pleasurable experience. <laughs> Most of the time there's a little bit of pain involved well put, in growth, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so if my charge is to come in and write a ship or to outperform expectations, if I'm going to come in with people who think they can do 100%, we're really not going to outperform. Right. Right. And so the ability to, to, to do it professionally and to do it in a caring way that, that you're trying to help that individual better themselves and grow as an, as a professional, grow as an individual, right. Then you want to stretch their capabilities. And when you are able to do that to where the other people, or the other person understands that you're doing it on the best interests of themselves, where they can help hopefully embrace it. Right. Then you've yeah. got, and embrace means in a big picture, Right. Right. Yeah. Anytime I've, my boss has tried to, you know, improve my performance, it may take me 24 hours to recognize what's right. going on. Right? right. But in the end, do I become a better employee? Yes. I think that there's a, a great one of my favorite phrases is that nothing worthwhile comes without sacrifice. Exactly. And and I do think that that's a very good point. People grow by by learning the difficult questions or the difficult through difficulties, uh, like making the call with a client that they're having an argument with versus sending an email. Exactly. All right. That is really, really cool. So. You know, salespeople, I think the, the hardest thing that I have with salespeople is trying to figure out who's going to be a great salesperson. If I'm sitting with somebody in an interview, are there tactics that a, a business owner or a sales leader can employ besides the, you know, those questions that are on a piece of paper, right, that says, ask them these questions. What are some great ways to tease out good salespeople when you're hiring? So there, there are lots of things that... Um in a leader's bag of tricks that help to, to try to figure out who the person is on the other side of the table right. before you bring them into the organization, right? Because if you bring in the wrong person, it's going to be bad for that person as well as for the organization. It's going to mm -hmm. be costly for both. So you do your best to try to figure out if it's going to be a good fit, right? right? So there are lots of things that you can use out there. DISC is a great, mm -hmm. uh, quick, you know, maybe 10-minute questionnaire that's going to produce what does DISC a stand lot for? of I'm great to remember. insight. It's an acronym, D-I-S-C. Do you remember what it is? I, I, I don't. I can tell you what I am. I can't. I, I cannot recall. Um, I tell you what. I'll send it to you. So um, we can put it in the show notes. But yeah, that notes. is a great methodology for right. interviewing. Yeah, it's yeah. Qu it's quick. Yeah, it's good. So, but it just helps you understand who the person is and, and whether they're going to be an analytical a driver or whatever the case may be. What the, or their basic approach is going to be. But if we went back to why would a person hire a fractional salesperson or a sales leader, and one of the things we we're talking about is that an owner may be great. At selling, an right. owner may be great at accounting, an owner may be great at product presenting, whatever the case may be, but their skill set is not sales leadership because they haven't done it for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Right. Right. So a little bit, in addition to the tools you're going to use, is experience in recognizing professional interviewers. Because mm -hmm. if you're thinking about it, salespeople are pretty good at presenting products. Yeah. And they so should be good at presenting themselves. Exactly. So yep. it's easy 
for them to present the picture that the owner wants or the hiring manager wants to have. Right. Because that's what they do for a living. So it's right. better to find an expert. All right. So we are officially out of time. I just looked at the clock. Like, My gosh, we got to wrap. So tell everybody where they can find you. Where do you want them to go to track you down online? Uh, Vant- or wherever. Uh, that's great. VantageSalesPartners.com. VantageSalesPartners.com. And Kinsey, I hate to say that I didn't ask that at the beginning of the show. So um, if you can stick that on the screen, that's great. But if not, we will put that in the show notes. We do have a question, and I just saw uh, Mike dropped it in here, uh, and I apologize for missing that question. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will pass this question along to T and ask him to respond uh, online. You can just punch the, uh, the response to that question right into the comments on Business Radio X LinkedIn page. Um, well, Mike, I am so glad. Uh, Mike, I'm looking at Mike over here. T. I am so glad that you were able to join us today. I love this information. And, you know, sales is one of those things that's really, really difficult to get your arms around, especially when you're running an organization. So thank you for joining us today and sharing all those great tips. My pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me. For the rest of you folks, this show was produced by ePresence. We are so thrilled you are here. You can find ePresence at ePresence.me. That's ePresence.me because it's all about you. We manage personal and company social media management, so go check us out. We would love to give you the 5% discount. Yes, a 5% discount is what we offer to all of our listeners, and you can track that down or hit that special discount at e-pr.me slash listener. How's your presence is everywhere. We broadcast live each month here at Business Radio X on the third Thursday at three, or you can listen to and you can listen to all of our shows 24-7 by going to businessradiox.com and selecting the Gwinnett Studio. You can also find us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And wherever you are, we'd love for you to subscribe. If you like podcasts, be sure to add us to your app and you'll get more information on ePresence at epresence.me slash podcast. Our in-house producer is Mackenzie Munzer. Our Business Radio X production crew is Mike Salmon and his protege, Connor Salmon. Until next time, for my guest, T. Colley, I am Mark Galvin. Thank you for joining us here on How's Your ePresence. presence